Brian Augustine and Barry Kitson began exploring the beginnings of the world's greatest superhero team over an epic 12-issue comic maxi series. I was dreaming when I wrote this that team was the Justice League of America, and that comic was JLA Year One. When I woke up this morning, could have sworn it was Judgment Day. In 2016, eight podcasts will come together to cover this year in a single month. That month is JL May. Featuring the Fire and Water Podcast, the Power of Fishnets, Waiting for Doom, the Lantern Cast. Supermates Podcast, The Idle Head of Diabolu, Comic Reflections, and Views from the Long Box. Each podcast will cover one or two issues of JLA Year One, and then coverage will move from show to show. It all starts in the Fire and Water Podcast with issues one and two. JL May, an epic month for an epic series. Available where you find all good podcasts. nightmare of a man who could be felled by a candle flame. The sky is on fire. The nearby machine was designed to fill Earth's atmosphere with a methane-like gas. The JLAers, Green Lantern, Flash, Aquaman, and Black Canary, tried to contain the poison. In their haste, they made things worse. And now they have no one to blame but... John! Good God! What have you done? You... you cannot think that I... The evidence is gathered, John. The Locust Group is out to terraform the Earth. We've already destroyed two of their machines. Now we find the third man by you, alien. We already know that. Even for a land dweller, you're a lying schemer. What other conclusion are we to draw? Locust is changing the Earth to suit you. You're the eighth Alapaxian. You... Suddenly, Aquaman was blasted in the back by a laser beam. The team turns to see monolithic, purple-skinned, humanoid beings carrying plasma cannons, teleporting unmasked onto the scene. I told you, they'd be here. Where else would they go after taking our other two devices out of play? Kill them. Kill them. The individual superheroes try to push back the throng of purple beings, but they're not working as a team. It severely compromises their effectiveness, puts them all at risk, and everyone's so paranoid they can't tell the white hats from the black. Look at John. If John's with Locus, then why in the world is he shredding their machine? The alien Alice continued to rend the device, despite being surrounded by fire, his greatest weakness. He... I thought he was... Should we help him? I don't know. 
I don't know anything anymore. Just keep fighting and... The machine explodes in an inferno, blasting back the purple creatures. Only Green Lantern's power ring is able to protect the other heroes. He stopped it. Without fuel, the fire's dying. Unfortunately, the Martian Manor was caught right in the middle of the blast. The alien Atlas's charred, misshapen form slapped lifelessly against the Earth. The other superheroes run up to John Jones, but he doesn't respond. John! John, we're sorry. We thought you were with him. John, can you hear me? Say something! Say! They're horrified, confused, looking into one another's faces for answers and finding none. They stand silently in the midst of pockets of flame. The purple creatures regroup and begin firing on the heroes again, but the Flash has had enough. Green Lantern rings up a chariot for the other heroes, and Flash runs them back through the teleportation field. This is the last battle. Flatten anything that moves. Among the purple creatures are masked, fascistic soldiers. The heroes begin plowing through them, and Aquaman seizes a particularly Aryan-looking one by the throat. I'm completely out of patience. Tell us everything. Why not? You can stop us. Aquaman set the man back down on the ground. Rubbing at his throat, the locust officer composed himself, but remained indignant. You suspect some of it. Your league banded together to stop the Appalachian invasion, but failed. There is one Appalachian unaccounted for. Under his direction, we have been terraforming the world to Appalachian standards, hosting it clean, if you will. All the while, engineering host bodies for ourselves, capable of withstanding the severe geological changes. The Emerald Gladiator ringed up a giant can opener and ripped through a technologically advanced dome. Sea Green Lantern has caught the last of her numbers in mid-transmutation. They would appreciate the interruption. More of the colossal purple people began spilling out of the dome, overwhelming the heroes. All of us versus four of you look upon it as a privilege of everyone on Earth. You will be the first to go. Suddenly, a green figure burst through a wall. The Martian? You trace us here, Detective? Bravo! You two will be among the first to... Get away from my friends! John, look, he's alive. Glad to have you back, John. Whoa, go, John! The Martian Manor flew down to join his friends, blasting purple people with his laser vision and allowing his teammates to regroup. Do your worst, Martian. It doesn't matter. You have been a nuisance, but hardly an impediment. The Locust Officer reached a control panel and activated. What? Too late, Flash. Have you to... <gasps> done? The Scarlet Speedster slammed the Locust Officer against the wall, pressing him by the throat with his forearm. Isn't it obvious? Good lord, he started an earthquake! The final stroke, once upon a time, the world's land masses were one gigantic supercontinent, a notion that quite appealed to the Appalachian allies. Using incalculable powers, we are reversing the continental drift. Even as we speak, every land mass of the planet is in motion, quickly reuniting, in a process that will swallow cities, crumble coastlines, and destroy every single life on Earth. Flash raced in and out of the theater of operations, pulling each of the members of his team to an isolated area to discuss the plan of battle. What do we do? Want to ask Green Lantern? I'm through giving orders. Since when? Since the others decided you're the leader. I'm... Yeah. Thank God, by the way. If I've been a jerk, it's only because I thought I was blowing the job. You're the faster thinker. What do you got? Okay, we'll take out the compound. You buy us time to reverse this. Fly as high as you can, and use that magic ring of yours to keep the continents in place. What? What in God's name makes you think I'm that good? I've seen you. Oh, yeah. Go! Finally acting once again as a team, the heroes of the Justice League fended off the Locust Group, while Green Lantern created a fixation device around the globe to keep all the continents in place. And the Flash used his super speed to find a reversal code to stop the earthquakes. It's not over yet. John, you're a telepath. Enter these men's minds. Find out if there's some way to shut down their bodies. Hurry! I'm hoping, but something, something's wrong. I... No, no, no! 
friends. Someone's tempered with them. The probes set off a fatal neural shock. They're taking their secrets to the grave. I feel them dying. Dying. I, I don't get it. Did we win? Yeah. Hooray. The Justice League of America walked away from the heaps of artificial bodies at their feet and returned to their secret sanctuary headquarters for a very important meeting. So, now what? Now I think we ask some hard questions. John, I think I speak for everyone when I say that though we appreciate the fact that you're on our side, mostly, we still feel betrayed. You spied on our civilian lives. You kept detailed files on us. For all we know, you used your telepathy to pry inside our- No, I never. For all we know, you did. Why, John? For years, I have been stranded on a world not my own. One that has a history of being unreceptive to those who are different. One in which my senses are dulled by the simple light of a match. My life endangered by the flare of a campfire. Alone, in hiding, my survival depended on my powers of observation, of gathering and chronicling information on the motivations of the strangers around me. Recently, buoyed by the world's acceptance of you and others like you, I went public in search of kinship. And you found it. Yes, I did. And during our first encounter, I watched you exterminate an alien force you knew little about and take pride in that. I don't know that pride is the right- We keep one of their corpses in the trophy room. I did not want to fear you people. My instincts told me you were good and noble. But you are, after all, still human. I needed to know more about you to guarantee my own safety. For going an invasive mind probe, I instead followed you with my enhanced senses, tracked you using an array of identities. I have no one to rely upon but myself. I did what I felt I had to, to survive. Such as lie. I don't like lies. As I have said, I regret my- Leave and be. What about you? How do we know you haven't done a little x-raying with that ring? That's just paranoid. What about Aquaman? Next you'll be telling me he coaches my goldfish to spy. That isn't funny. I'm just making a point. Forget it. Listen to us. We thought we knew each other. We kidded ourselves that masks didn't matter. We don't really know each other at all. Sullen and uncertain, the members of the Justice League begin turning away from one another. Amidst this crushing silence, the Flash grabs at his cowl and pulls it away to reveal the face underneath. My name is Barry Allen. I'm a forensic scientist with the Central City Police Department. Everyone briefly freezes, then Black Canary removes her wig. Dinah Lance. I'm a florist in Star City. A florist? Don't ruin the moment. You? Hal Jordan, test pilot for Ferris Aircraft in Coast City. I, I have no other identity, but my father called me Arthur, and you? I spend my time as a detective with the Middleton Police. I call myself simply John Jones. John, from one lawman to another, it's a pleasure to meet you. What the? Relax. Who besides our mechanic makes noises like that? Snapper, is that you? Come on out, Snapper. As the youthful figure walks out from the shadows, the heroes can see that he's been bloodied and battered. Snapper! It's not the time. You, you gotta stop him. He did this to you? Simon? Why? The only we've been looking for is him. And it's not. Is that the no red alert? It's Uncle Simon. He's an alien. He's not alone anymore. The group walks outside of their cave, onto the beach. He was getting locusts to make the world over. And they see the night sky filled with green alien attack ships. For his people.
1998's JLA Year One, Issue 10, Heaven and Earth, was by Mark Wade, Brian Augustine, and Barry Kitson, with inks by Michael Baer and Mark Probst, letterer Ken Lopez, colorist Pat Garahi, separations by Hero Gage, Pete Tomasi, editor, The Flash, Black Canary, and Aquaman were portrayed by Illegal Machine. Hal Jordan and Snapper Carr were portrayed by Mr. Fixit. The Locust Officer was portrayed by Paquita Trotamundos. And the Manhunter from Mars was played by Diablo Frank. To be continued at the Comic Reflections and Views from the Long Box Podcasts. Are you a geek looking for love? Do you long to find discussion on that special comic, TV, episode, movie, or toy that's just right for you? Then why not try Supermates, the husband and wife geek cast? Chris and Cindy Franklin can match you with that certain something to satisfy your genre-related longings, no matter the subject. Superheroes. But Robin's like, that was really nice of you, Batman. He's like, I had the room loaded with kryptonite. I can turn it on at any moment. <laughs> and here's the thing. It's, you're talking about... Now, think about this. It's an apartment building owned by Batman. Do you not think that Batman doesn't have their place but Sci-fi. I don't know. You talk about being a sex symbol and stuff like that. I mean, I know a lot of girls thought, you know, William Shatner was it. But I had a, the biggest crush on George Takai. I, 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 I did. I thought, you know... Sorry about that. Horror. And then when we see the Wolfman for the first time, he's in, I don't know, we don't a know. A long sleeve shirt, shirt and a dark pair of pants. Pants with a belt. With a, with belt. a belt. That's right. <laughs> and his shirt's buttoned up all the way, too. Yeah, yeah. And his so, arms. So after he changes into this ferocious beast who can't talk and doesn't seem to be able to think beyond just attacking things. He, he has lots of dexterity. He went through his closet and, uh, ah, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) I like this outfit better. Uh, Action figures. I actually had all the figures and all the accessories up to a certain point. I really, literally did collect them all, you know. Including She-Ra. I was going to get to that, but... Chris and Cindy have found their own happiness through discussions like this. I could be friends with him. I could be down with this version of the ultra-humanoid. You can be friends with the dude who put his brain inside a mutated albino ape. I married you! <laughs> oh! If you're tired of searching for geek love, then sign up with Supermates for free at supermatescomic.blogspot.com or on iTunes. And now my super friend, Illegal Machine, talks about his experiences with the JLA. Hey, Mac. I'm digging on the comics. <laughs> Have you ever read a uh, Justice League comic of your own volition? Yeah, I read uh, the JLA relaunch with Morrison and uh, what's his name? Howard Porter. Howard Porter and Grant Morrison's JLA launch. I bought the first few issues of that. Just the first few? How far did you get? I can't remember. I got to go check my box. I'm sure there's somewhere in there. So is that the only Justice League books you've read? Yeah. And have you ever had anything to do with them in other media? No. Never watched the cartoon or anything? Nah. Uh, every now and then, the old uh, the old ones, yeah. Okay. Like the Bruce Tim ones or whatever. So, I mean, how what familiarity do you have with the Justice League characters? None. At all? Not Just really. like Superman Batman, of course. Just from what I know from osmosis. Okay.
now my super friend, Mr. Fixit, talks about his experiences with the JLA. Mr. Fixit, have you read Justice League Comics? Well, I know that you've read Justice League Comics. Oh, very much so. What, what was the first? Uh, what was your first exposure to Justice League in any media? The old, old Super Friends cartoon. Okay. Would that be considered JLA? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, yeah. Most people uh, that from our generation would yeah. say that. Uh, did you? How much Super Friends did you watch? Uh, I remember watching the cool Super Friends all the way until they brought the uh, Ginger, the Chick, and the Dog, and totally bombed after that. You talking about Wendy and Marvin? Yeah, that was actually earlier on. Was it? I yeah, thought it was after. No, I think the, the early seasons had Wendy and Marvin, and then they had Zan and Jaina and, and the Gleek. Mm-hmm. And then you had the extended Super Friends where they brought in the minorities. So all of a sudden you got Hanak Chuck, Apache Chief, you got El Dorado. Then they, then they, play, then they play it straight a little bit in the beginning, though. Like they try to make it like the comics and then they started bringing in the kid sidekicks. Uh, no, I think what it was is all of a sudden in uh, one season of Justly, I mean, sorry, of Super Friends, they decided that they needed to be more PC or maybe, you know, there was, there was that whole social consciousness in the late 70s where they were trying to do more progressive type stuff in the cartoons. So all of a sudden you've got Black Vulcan and you've got all these other fellas and they didn't, they stuck around for a little while. I never really thought about it. If you think about it, the, 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 uh, the original super friends were all Caucasian. Oh yeah. And then even their little friends. I mean, Zan and Jaina kind of had a bit of a thing, right? Didn't they have a little bit of a, they're a, their skin? they're a little Asiatic. Yes. You think? Okay. Pacific uh, rim. Okay, sure. Um, but then you, they made sure that it was unstakeable. When you've got guys like, you know, uh, wasn't Samurai on there? The one who tore oh, into a tornado? I, dude, I remember Apache Chief because mm-hmm. he was just, Nuntuck! and that was a whole cool. Chuck, yeah. And then you, I remember, didn't Black Vulcan? Yeah. I remember him. Yeah, because they, they used him because uh, Tony Isabella had a, uh ownership stake in Black Lightning. And oh, they okay. didn't want to bother with him, so they just created a new character and, instead. And I just remember saying that. I remember the, the, I don't know if you remember this, the old Saturday Night Live skit where Sinbad played Black Lightning. Sure, nobody remembered him and he was still in the shrimp. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. That's so Death, Death of Superman, if I remember correctly. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I mean, I, I, you, you mean back then you had all those different cartoons that were all kind of mixed at the same time? Well, yeah. I mean, you'd have seen it in syndication. So, like, I'm, I'm, I've, Research the shows in the years. Oh since. yeah, dude. I mean, so I can remember the breakdowns, but it's not. I don't. Remember, I wasn't around for those shows when they first came out. I'm like you. I saw there was a Saturday morning version because it was mm-hmm. still running on ABC. Plus, you had the syndicated version. That I think was running in the afternoons or mm-hmm. something. Um, so we got to see like a decade's worth of those cartoons as though they were all they were new. Together. Yeah, and it was only like when Firestorm shows up or Cyborg shows up. Oh yeah, where you had that yeah. clear mark where it's like, oh, this is a different set of heroes and adventures from the the old stuff that we were watching. And really, they were just made to sell toys, weren't they? Uh, I don't know. Actually, I think what it was they they'd been running the show for better than a decade at that point, and so you had the, all these old corny, you know. Type characters, and I think they wanted to get more of an '80s vibe to it. Mm-hmm. So they kind of pushed the minority Super Friends aside and brought in actual comic-based heroes. And they wanted younger, fresher people. Firestorm was a popular character at the time. Cyborg was in the Titans, so I think that was the motivation. Okay, and I think, and also they did sell the Cyborg toy though, because the last season was a the last two seasons, if I remember correctly. No, just the last season was a major tie into the superpowers action figures. Wow, no, you've definitely researched this. Like, I, I'm literally just drawing from my memory of watching it as a well, child. They didn't even call it Super Friends anymore. The last season was, uh, well, I think they had w- one season as superpowers, and and then it was the superpowers Galactic Guardians. Oh wow! Yeah, so they they even that. rebranded it. Yeah, got franked. Cool. <laughs> so okay, so that was your introduction to the mm-hmm. Justice League. What, what was the first comic book you read featuring those characters? 
first comic book that I read, the JLA. JLA or? The Justice League, yeah. I mean, if you, if you read some Super Friends comics, I would count that, but if not. I don't, I don't believe so. I think at the time I was heavy Marvel, so I was reading a lot of X-Men. I do want to say I did get, it might have actually been international. No. Okay, it might. Well, it might have been, I think so. Late 80s when they were running, early 90s. Yeah, I think it was an international uh, JLA or something Do you something remember like that. what point the series was at or which international team? I remember, honestly, I don't, dude. Like, I remember buying a bunch of Marvel books. Like I said, I was hardcore Marvel. I read very little DC, but I remember, I think I want to say international. I just remember there was a Russian character, like a, oh, almost Rocket like an Red. Iron Man. Yeah. Was it? Okay. That, I remember distinctly because I remember thinking, oh, it's a Russian Iron Man. And I, I just, but I remember I read it, but it was out of continuity, so I didn't really get into it. Well, it, it sounds like it was it was probably the the main team, but I think that they moved Rocket Red to the European team. Okay. Do you remember any of the other characters who were in the story? Uh, no. I don't. That's it didn't it. make much of an impression. Then was it funny? Wasn't there like a Green Lantern dog? Yeah, Nort. Okay, that I remember that. Um, the Brazilian chick. Okay, Green Flame or uh, or Fire. Okay, it was a midget guy. Oberon, sure. I'm sorry, a little person. Um. I think Kevin. I think Kevin Nolan did the artwork. You mean Remember? Kevin McGuire? Was it McGuire? Okay. I think he did. You buy it for the artwork? I think so. Yeah, that's why you well, don't remember the story. You just remember the actually, images. I think I bought it from your shop. Now that I think about it, well, surely you you had some exposure to Justly before then. <sighs> you were really home oh, yeah. Marvel. Then, oh, huh? I, no, no, you're right. I bought it at Walgreens. I bought it at Walgreens. Okay, that's right. Because I bought. I don't remember, dude. I, like I said, I read it. It was out of content. I, I wasn't too big into DC because I never really read a lot of DC books. I read Superman. I never got into Superman. I read Green Lantern, and I liked Green Lantern. But at the time, everybody it was just Marvel was cool. You had Wolverine. You had Colossus. You had all these cool mutants. Um, the covers were always awesome. I mean, so I was always – I gravitated more toward the mutants because mm-hmm. that, that outsider out the main core. So was there ever a point when you collected the Justice League series? Oh, absolutely. When uh, Grant Morrison relaunched it. Okay. So when yeah. did you join in on that book? Uh, right at the beginning. You bought it from number yeah, one on? recommended it to me. Mm-hmm. And you liked it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I collected it all through Morrison's run, which I still want to collect all those trades. Um, they've Rock repackaged it so many different ways. It's hard because they've, they've done so many different omnibus and yeah. all kinds of different sets. Because I've wanted to do that as well, but I can't figure out which version to get. And they've also had some printing issues, I think, with some of those. So I just, it's one of those where it's so confusing at this point that I just haven't bothered with it. I if, they, if they were to do like a big omnibus and just collect the first 50 issues or, or something, and, I, and it was 100 bucks or, or 150 bucks, something like that, I'd probably just go ahead and buy that and have that great big fat book on my shelf. Because the run up through uh, the end of Wade's run, I just like to have all that bound up, you know, throw the annuals in there and all the little side stories. I'd, I'd buy that. Well, because I remember you recommended it to me. Because um, I was reading Marvel, you recommend it. I read it. I knew a little bit of Grant Morrison from some of the stuff I read, so I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. It was the White Martian story arc, and of course that ending with the Batman and all. I was just, and I was a Batman fan, so I'd actually been reading Batman probably almost as long as I'd been reading Marvel, um, off and on. But what, I remember I told you when I read Batman, it was always the prestige books. That's what I was always drawn to: mm-hmm. Cult, uh, The Killing Joke. Like I never bought the individual comics. I always, was always gravitating toward the prestige books because it was a whole story in one in one book or maybe four books, and the artwork was always amazing. The story was always darker. Yeah, 
And well, so, you say like there was there was a time where those were prestigious books, yeah, where they'd put like their big talent. It's it's one of the things that I miss is that there was a time when they'd charge you five bucks, but you'd get Art Adams or you'd get Brian Boland or you'd get somebody that was Alan Moore, a big deal, uh, Peter so you, David, yeah. yeah, the kind of book where it's like everybody was going to buy that book. Even oh no, it was, it was all A listers. They had yeah. all the, they had their heavy hitters, and you knew you were going to enjoy that story. And not just that, they knew that they were going to have an audience too. They knew that they was going to have a books that would stay in print. So I think the creator put more effort into those books at that time because they wanted that one book like Grant Morrison with Arkham Asylum where he bought yeah. a house off his royalties from oh. Arkham Asylum. Well, and of course, and the, I like the fact that it was on that nice, thick paper. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it was it stood out almost, it was like a mini trade. Yeah. Well, and so uh, you could J- walk around JLA with it. JLA they had on super nice paper stock, didn't they? Yeah, they had the nice glossy stock yeah. for a long while there, yeah. But before that, that was the prestige books. But the, yeah, so what is, he's talking about like square bound, you know, cardstock covers. Well, I'm just saying the launch of JLA with yeah. Morrison and Porter was such a big deal. They yeah. treated it that way. Yeah. We got this is a big deal. We're going to mm-hmm. put it on super nice paper. And well, that and when they did the collection, it only collected four issues. So yeah. It was a little bitty trade. It pretty much looked like a prestige format book instead of a of trade paperback. They don't do those prestige books anymore, huh? Uh, they they still like to charge you a bunch of money for books. It's hard to do a prestige books when the standard book is four bucks a month for yeah. for a plain floppy. God, four bucks. It's, yeah, it's really ridiculous. But um, so was the handling of Batman in that book important to getting you on board? Like you're saying that you love that moment with Batman versus the Martians, and Batman got a lot of like really key moments where he got to look like a total badass. Yeah. Did that help keep you on the book, the, the character that you like? Well, see, you picked on me about this one time because you're like, oh, you're one of those fans that just likes because Batman's a badass. And I always told you I liked Batman more when he was nor Batman, where he's busting the Joker and he's doing these more small street crimes. Mm-hmm. When he starts getting into the galactic fighting with Superman, I enjoyed it as a man looking at gods. But I always felt he was just a little. He was he was outclassed. But in the case of the White Martians, he had a good reason. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, and and, uh, it's been so long. I have to. I'm going to have to go back. I I own that trade. I remember I bought that trade Mm -hmm. because I enjoyed that story so well. I thought it was a really good story. And then Grant Morrison just. I was hooked from there. And I I think I read it all through Morrison's run. And then after Morrison was what Wade. Yeah. And then I kind of dropped off there. Did you make it through How Tower of Babel? I think so. Like. They started getting kind of. He, he did a lot of magic story arcs, didn't he? There was a lot they of. They did magic. The, the Queen of Fables one, yeah, and they just, did the stuff where everybody swapped, like their 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 secret identities took over. Yeah, see, just the, it, then the White Martians came back. So you weren't really into the way. No, stuff, and then who took over after that? Uh, Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly, uh, yeah, and Doug I think, Monkey. Yeah, I think, but by that time I was more for the artwork because I had, I was really a big fan of Doug Monkey's artwork since yeah. Major. Weren't Bummer. you talking to him online too? Like, yeah, when I was buying artwork from him. Uh huh. Yeah. So you were like trading emails and stuff. Yeah, he was cool. What what uh, Monkey stuff do you own? Major Bummer. Uh, I own right? some Major Bummer stuff, and then I own some of his Superman stuff, and I own the uh, the uh, uh, Martian Manhunter and. Oh, the issue that he drew that was a, a, a JLA homage with the Mars needs Chacos. No, no, yeah, well, it was Martian Manhunter and uh, Hitman. Oh, uh, no, no, that's no, no, I'm sorry, that was Lobo and Hitman. No, 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 it's the one, it's the one with the Oreos where he goes Oreo nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, you, that you one. You just confused me when you threw Hitman in the mix. So I, I, I forgot that he also drew Hitman and Lobo. There's okay. a cover of like Hitman sitting in a, in a recliner chair and and Lobo kind of overreaching him. Okay, yeah, they did the crossover. He yeah. drew that. I believe so, yeah. Okay, didn't know that. Okay. But, so, yeah. uh, and then you also watched the cartoon series. Absolutely, yep. Okay. I watched JLA all the way to Unlimited. Mm-hmm. Unlimited was so much better, superior. Oh, yeah. So, uh, out of the comics, what was your favorite run? The Morrison run? No, but I mean, like, like I should say arc. What was your favorite arc 
Well, that's kind of hard, dude, because n- the first arc was good. I liked the Rock of Ages one. That was a good arc. I don't know. Um, so, uh, of the cartoons, were there any particular highlights? Any particular favorite? Oh, the unlimited episodes? ones. Uh, no, but I mean anything like Booster Gold's episode. That, was that a it's like one movie? of my favorites. Yeah, I, I, I think that's so smartly written. The greatest story never told. Yeah, I just it's so smartly written. It's it's one of those it's 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 one of those stories like when you're you're watching a show and they're doing this really intense arc, and then they throw this curveball at you, and it's this offshoot story, this one story that doesn't go with the the arc, and it was refreshing. I enjoyed it. I thought it was hilarious. I've I've actually watched that one more times than probably some of the other episodes. And then, of course, I started liking the end of the series where Darkseid was coming back, and I always love that line where Superman's like, you know, I, I never get to cut loose, and he starts, like, wailing on Darkseid. And um, it was good. And then, you know, I, I love the fact that they were bringing all these different characters in. Mm-hmm. So it, it didn't get stale like the first um, incarnation of the run. Where it was kind of stale, they would do the Wonder Woman story, they would do the Batman story, they do the Superman story, then they would do the Green or and it just got boring. Where this one, I like some of the episodes where it was the other characters. The time travel one was kind of cool, where you got to see the Green Lantern or the 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 uh, the, the I guess the future JLA, and they were doing the time. I mean, they they did really cool stories, and I still watch it on uh, Netflix when it comes on. Yeah, uh, did you you also watch the the Justice League International team on Batman the Brave and the Bold? Yes. How'd you like those episodes? Those were cool. I remember we played that game where the last episode where they had all the different characters, and I'm like, all right, name these characters. Oh, you had that one shot in the last episode where it's just a sea of all the guest stars? Boy, that, because it was great, because they, they start taking down all the, all the, uh, sets, set pieces, and I, I just, I thought it was a cool show, and I love the way they portrayed Aquaman for once. Aquaman was pretty cool. Outrageous! Just, yeah, it was fantastic. Um, and, and they, it was, it was a fun series. So, but would you really count that as part of the JLA? Well, uh, mostly I was talking about their appearances. Appearances, like they did the Batman. Honestly, I like when DC brings out these characters like Animal Man and these characters you don't see on a regular basis and throws them into the mix because you have your core JLA members and then you have these kind of JLA like they're members but not full time members. Yeah, like affiliates. Yeah, and so it's it it's that's the one thing I have to give JLA that's fun with it where you can have Animal Man pop him and disappear and then you can have. Uh, this other weird character pop in and pop out, and so mm-hmm. it's kind of a nice little change. The Adam pops in, and he's a certain way. So for you, you're like there was a big thing around the time of the Morrison JLA about the Magnificent Seven getting back to the seven founding members, the most iconic, the most powerful. Now you like the Morrison run, mm-hmm. but you also seem to really like all these uh, less, uh, more peripheral characters. Mm-hmm. So. How do you reconcile that? Do you like the JLA as being the, the, the gods, the biggest guns? Or do you prefer it, the Justice League to be like a clearance house for all the DC Universe heroes? I kind of like the way the show portrayed them. as You had the, them as board members, and they kind of ran them almost like a business. Like they would send you to a mission. Like after a while, you almost felt like they were running it as a corporation. So they're like, uh, Red Tornado, you and you, you're going to go do this. And they didn't seem to have a say in it. And these heroes followed blindly. And so I always thought that was kind of dark. Like, wow, they're kind of bossing these other heroes. Like, when you read Marvel, the heroes kind of have their own... They they, they have their own... Um, they're more individualistic. Well, yeah. Their ideas don't always mesh. And so sometimes there's clash to it. Where this one, everyone just fell in line. It's like, what's well, Superman? You fall in line. And it you, you could have gone... Like, you could look at that two ways. It's a... It's a we're all heroes together, or they've they accomplished what Civil War and Marvel could not. Where they drew the line, and everyone stood over the line where they wanted them to stand. 
And of course, the, and of course, you had the question, the one person who would question the entire integrity of the team. That, yeah. And which I kind of, like, I wasn't a big question fan. I never really knew much about him. I remember mm-hmm. you would mention him, and I was like, okay. He kind of you reminded still, me of a, You need to read the Denny O'Neill Really? Run. You well, would love that. I always thing. thought he was kind of a Rochet. Rorschach? Rorschach character. Like, kind of a, I didn't realize it was the other way around, but I just didn't know anything about the question. And then you watch those episodes, and I was just like, whoa, he's just really cool. Is he crazy? I think that that's a personal judgment, really? but I, but I will say that since you mentioned the Booster Gold being one of your favorites, one of my favorite stories was the team up of Question and Huntress. Just yeah, I, I loved that story, and then Superman versus Captain Adam that was great. Yeah, and they got such a epic feel, and it was only like one episode, right? That yeah. whole thing was in one episode. Well, I, but no, it felt I, maybe so big. two. I think maybe two episodes. Like uh-huh. it was two part. I did love the fact when uh, um, Captain Marvel would fight Superman. There's that one, that one, the where one where where uh, Superman's building that yeah. city or that that power plant, and he grabs Soup and he goes Shazam and he blasts the hell out of him, and so he kind of grabs him by the mouth before he does it, and it it always felt like they were close to drawing like this really dark line where Superman knew what he could do, and it was just that one little thing to push him over where he would kind of I don't know I just felt like you're, they you're describing the plot to Injustice Gods Amongst Us so. really. Aren't you? Don't didn't you play that game? No, I never played. Where it. they kill Lois and then he becomes this dark. Oh, uh, no, uh, I never played the game. Like I said, I I haven't read after the fifty two. I kind of like just lost any interest in DC after that. Okay. I was just so lost. Uh, who's your favorite Justice League member? Batman. You know that. But my question though is not necessarily what hero who happens to be associated with the Justice League is your favorite within the context of the Justice League. Who do you think is Booker? The, could, Booker show. Either. Ooh, that's a hard one. Because like in the show. There's several characters that stand out to me all the time. John, uh, I actually liked the Martian Manhunter in the show. Um, but I also liked the Green Lantern Corps, the way they portrayed him in the show. Um, but what, what I'm getting at, though, is you've had all these heroes that have been members of the Justice League. And they're part of the team. As far as people who are, are, are in the team, and they're not like these peripheral characters, but the guys who actually take part in the adventures and work with the other Justice Leaguers, the person who you like the best who is an active member of the Justice League as a team, as opposed to the, the broader unlimited concept. Hmm. In the team sense. Because, like, take, for instance, Batman. Now, you might like Batman the best because he is the contrarian. Well, actually, well you know, I have to take that back. I like Batman in his books more than when he's in the JLA because I always feel he's just out of again he's just he's a human and he's out of his depths yeah I mean no one in the team is a human they're all either supernatural superpowered or alien or god so they're all kind of out of his league or they have some something that makes them beyond human like a ring some source of power where he just has gadgets and he's kind of smart so if I was going to go with JLA members I guess I would go with Captain Marvel as, as a, as a yeah, because I love the fact that you have this grown man who's really a child. So he looks at them with awe, but he could whip them if he wanted to because he's, if not stronger than Superman. Mm-hmm. And then he has the wisdom of Solomon and all these godlike characters, but he's a child. And so it's kind of a cool concept like to have him amongst this group. Because I like some of those episodes where they're, they're doing serious talk and he's kind of like a kid in a room with them and he doesn't know how to act. And he's trying to be proper, but at the same time, he's still a kid. Mm-hmm. I always liked the way they played that. And so even in the books, I like that, you know. You like the idea of you have this naive, good-intended person. Oh, no, yeah. He's have, so black and white, there's yeah. no gray for him yet. Yeah. And then you're contrasting that against all the nuances and the gray areas that are going to come up yeah. with a team as, of the scope the Justice League has. Because when you look at the Justice League, you know who's going to go darker than who. 
Like, who's going to cross that line if they have to or the other characters won't? That's why they fire the Huntress, for instance. Yeah. Because she's looking to kill and, and get that biblical kind of justice. Yeah. And so with Captain Marvel, it's kind of cool because he doesn't he, – he sees right and wrong. There is no gray. So those, those stories where he's kind of confused, like, well, why are we doing this? Like, we shouldn't do that. And he, and he questions them. It's always funny because they look at him like, why are you questioning this? Because there's, there's some arcs in the show. Now, what I read about him in the comic, I remember he was a lot in the international, wasn't he? He was in the first arc. Yeah. I think that's kind of where I read him from. But in the show, you got a sense that the core members of the JLA were dictating what we're going to do and how. And that's where the whole, you know, the, 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 uh, the station is a laser. It's a weapon pointed at Earth. And so all that made really good sense to me. Your ego betrays you. Will you not listen to reason? This won't end well for you. The many acts from Mars across the robot brain of social media include the 108th Sage, Alan Middleton, Ange, the Anti-Fascist, Between the Pages, Cash Flag, Charlton Hero, Chris Sheehan, Coffee and Comics Blog, Comic Reflections, Darren and Ruth Sutherland, Dr. G Nerdologist, Ed Moore and Ed Moore Jr., Eli Adil Perrin, Inigo Montoya, Firestorm Fan, Glenn Walker, Hero Word Elder, Hicks, Illegal Machine, Illit Records, Jacob Edwards, Joseph Crawford, Carl Disley, Keith G. Baker, King Size Comics Giant Size Fun Podcast, Cord Industries, The Lantern Cast, Longbox Graveyard, Luke Stergold at Dob Creative, Mark Sweeney, Marty Light, Michael Bailey Podcasts, Mr. Morbid, Not Guano Man, Odyssey Unleashed Podcast, Oscar Blue Devil, The Power of Fishnets Podcast, Randy Caldwell, Richard Field, Ryan C. Trash Film Guru, Ryan Daly, Scott Bachman, The Silver and Gold Podcast, Siskoid, Son of Cthulhu, Sin, Trekker Talk, Waiting for Doom Podcast, Warlord Worlds, and Xenozoic Xenophiles Podcast. In case you missed the earlier chapters of the JLA Year One podcast crossover event, Rob Kelly and Shag Matthews covered JLA Year One issues one and two on Aquaman and Firestorm, the Fire and Water podcast, episode number 163. Ryan Daly and special guest Ashford Wright covered JLA Year One number three and four on the Power of Fishnets podcast, episode six. Mike and Paul and special guests Doug Zoisha and Dr. Ange covered JLA Year One number five and six on the Waiting for Doom podcast, episode 57, while Mark and Chad took on JLA Year One number seven and eight on the Lantern cast. And our immediate predecessors were Chris and Cindy looking at JLA Year One number nine on the Supermates podcast, episode 54. This was actually the I'll Have Diabolus third tie in podcast to the event. Episode 23 looked at the Justice League of America number nine original origin story for the team from February of 1962, while episode 24 covered Justice League of America number 144 from July 1977 and the formation of a clandestine proto-JLA. And never mind the fact that the whole event spun out of a number of us guest starring on the Secret Origins podcast, number 32, covering an origin story retcon from 1988. JL May isn't quite over yet. The final two chapters will appear at Comic Reflections and Views from the Long Box. And I've got a bit of an epilogue planned as well. We'll see you then. Podcast listeners should feel free to leave a comment on one of our blogs, either the Umbrella Rolled Spine Podcasts or the specific Idle Head of Diablo blog. Both are available quite easily through Google searches. You can also shoot me a tweet at Commander Blanks. That's B-L-A-N-X. Thank you for listening. Are you actually recording? I don't know if he is or not. He is. No, he's recording. Is it really? Yeah. Whoa! Go, John! Okay, that's not quite the line of reading I was looking for. You're, you're like, yeah, whoa, go, John! Oh, so do it with more fear? No, you're like excited. Like, whoa, go, John! Did? You're kicking ass! I thought I did. No, you're no. like, oh, you're, you're, like, you're like, go, Steve, go!
Whoa! Go, John! Too, too excited. Just, you're, you're like, whoa! Like, like John's coming at you. What I'm saying is, like, whoa! Go, John! Yeah. Whoa! Go, John! Whoa! Go, John! Just, like, dial it down. Just, like, just, like, Damn, two it, 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 you just dial it down two okay. notches, bro. John Jones make out with a really hot chick. You're like, whoa, go, John. Yeah, this what we're looking for is the, the Winter Soldier and Falcon in the car. Like, you're like, yeah, whoa, go, Steve. Actually, that's not how it is in the book, though. Because yeah. uh, Canary just said, glad glad to have you back, John. Whoa, go, John. Yeah, but dude, you're all like, whoa, go, John. Calm down, Or he, what do you mean he has whoa, exclamation go, mark behind both. He has an exclamation behind whoa, yeah. go, exclamation mark. That's what I'm saying. You're doing like a whoa. And what I'm looking for is like, whoa, go John. Whoa, go John. I see. <laughs> whoa, go John. Whoa, go John. Whoa, go John. You do it, I'll copy you. Whoa, go John. Whoa, go John. How about we focus on our, well, uh, now what am I reading? Okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to read for Aquaman as well. And you know Aquaman is Rob Kelly's favorite character? Yeah. So I want you to read Aquaman as a comprehensible Bob Dylan. Okay. Is it starting from here, Heaven and Earth? Yeah. Ooh. We're badly outnumbered. Canary. That move you and I worked on. You don't have to do that. We're not, we're not doing that. All right. We already know that even for... <laughs> and now we find the third man by you, alien. Who knew that rendering Bob Dylan comprehensible turned him into Garth from Wayne's yeah. World? Yeah. yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Should we help him? I'm howdy doody time. I'm howdy doody time. I'm t- I don't know a white man's voice, man. Just get the voice. Dude, but that's like, ju- but I, that's making up my own line so I can kind of play into it. It's harder doing someone else's lines with that voice. It's Uncle Simon. Uh, Uncle Simon, you got to stop him. <laughs> so just do it anyway. Just, I don't care. Just, it's a monster. Do a monster voice. Hold on, I'm or trying no, to. Just pick one and do it. Well, I'm trying to pick a line. Okay. I told you, man, they'd be here. Okay, maybe not quite that. <laughs> Dude, that, that's alien from across the border. Yeah, no, I get it. Wrong I get kind it. of alien. Wrong kind of alien. <laughs> With my lawnmower, man. Build a wall those, <laughs> okay, so, so you want a monster kind of thing. <clears throat> See, I gotta do like Hendrix, dude. Where I can't be, I can't see. Yo. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of all those documentaries I saw about the voice actors and how they put the pee in. So don't pop my peas. Let's go in the waves, dude. Yeah, yeah, great, yeah, great, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 that's perfect. Okay, uh, do do your credit score just went up like ten points. <laughs> <laughs> do, do the guy who's beat up. You know what I just thought of that uh, the. Magnum movie where he's in prison. Magnum oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Innocent Man. Innocent Man. No, Innocent Man. An Innocent Man. I saw that one. He, he fights uh, 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 Sledgehammer. Yeah. Yeah. I just, when y'all were doing that, that's the image I had. I saw that movie in the theater. Uh, I think I saw it at the Dollar Show on... on uh, uh, when was it the Dollar Show at? Uh, sophomore. On oh, Sophomore, yeah. Our gym coach put it on for us on the last day of school and we watched it. Did we didn't get through it. Where we where They cut off the movie because the period ended was where they're in prison and he's getting the shank because he has uh, to kill somebody. Oh, yeah. And everybody was like, wait, we want to see this. We want to see he's going to kill him. And the coach was like, class over. Everybody get the pretty much because it was yeah. the last days of school. So right. everyone would just put movies on. Oh, so awesome. Which one did you like better? Uh, Innocent Man or Lockup? Oh, that's a good toss-up. 
I'd have to rewatch him. You know, honestly, I think that's what introduced me to Donald Sutherland. I think that was the first movie I ever saw Donald Sutherland. Where he was a villain. And he was a yeah. bastard, too. And he was great in that, yeah. The only thing, I, I liked Lock Up. The only thing I hated was the whole scene where they pushed the car so the kid could feel like what it felt like to drive a Mustang. Wasn't that the Shawshank Redemption? No. That, no, no that was the Shawshank Redemption. No, dude, the Mustang car that they're working on. When did you see that? You probably saw a lot lock, more recently this is than lock me. Up, dude. No, no, no. Dude, we'll look it up, dude. I'm telling you. There's a scene where they're repairing a vehicle. It's not Gil Bellows, the guy from the Ali McBeal? The guy sitting, no, Sylvester Stallone's sitting next to the kid, and he's like, we're driving through this neighborhood, and the other prisoners are pushing the car from behind, and they're driving around the garage. I wonder if they ripped, was that in the original Stephen King story, do you know? I don't know. Did they rip it off from King, or did they, did Shawshank Redemption was a rip up Stephen from Lockup? No, no, but they have that same kind of scene in Shawshank Redemption. Do they? Yeah, it's got the dude from Ali McBeal, playing a greaser. And he ends up getting killed, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but in, in lockup, Sylvester Stallone is a passenger. Say. Okay, nice work. I'm through giving orders. Not bad, and I can use it, but do, give me one more where it's more like resignation, where I'm like, I'm through giving orders. I'm through giving orders. You're so excited. Calm down. I'm figuring he's pissed. No, he's not pissed. He's like... He's realizing that he sucks at being a leader and it's not working out. So he's just like, look, I'm through giving orders. I'm through giving orders. Wait, no, that, you read that one, right? He said Green Lantern said that one. Whoa, go, John. That's my Green Lantern. Uh, uh, hey, John, uh, I'm going to make a couch and put people on it. Who wrote the dude? Mark Wade and Brian Augustine. Nah, no wonder. I don't like Wade. That's a stinger. Actually, it sounds like the villain in the, like a bad 80s action movie. I don't like Wade. Wade. Kill them, the crunch. Boom. The crunch. Scowl. Shakoom. Scowl. Zack. Boom. Boom. Kawow. Yeah, Shiaquim doesn't have that many lines. Thank Christ. Man, he really doesn't. He's just sort of standing around. Nah. This is the stupid I've ever done in my entire life. <laughs> just kidding. It doesn't even rank in the top ten. Coaches my goldfish to spy. That's just paranoid. What about Aquaman? Next you're gonna tell me he ch- ch- coaches my goldfish to spy. That is a tricky line. He coaches my goldfish to spy. Next you'll tell me he coaches my goldfish to spy. Next you'll tell me. Next you'll next That's next you'll line. be telling Yeah, next You'll be telling me he coaches my goldfish to spy. Next, you'll be telling me he coaches my goldfish to spy. This Whoa. goldfish is making me thirsty. Yeah. That's just paranoid. What about Aquaman? Next, you'll be telling me he coaches my goldfish to lie, spy. Ah, I got to it. I said lie. That's so hung up on that lie one. That's just paranoid. What about Aquaman? Next, you'll be telling me, which is my goldfish to slap. <laughs> slap. <laughs> slap. It's like a hazing it's thing. Okay. Okay, one more. I got this one. I got it now. Spy, 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 not lie, spy. Next, you'll, next you'll be telling me. Nah. Next, you'll be telling me. Next, you'll be telling me. It's that way. It's just that way. Tell them. Next, you'll be telling me. <laughs> Al Jordan. Test dial, dial, dial down. For Ferris Aircraft I'm in sure Coast City. <laughs> Put it on YouTube with a Simpsons image. Mark Wade. Since the other ones think. What about Aquaman? Oh, hold on. Because he stops. It's a question. Hold on. Oh, 
The evidence is gathered, John. The locust group is out of terraform. Is out. Oh my god. You buy us time. Oh my gosh. By the way. 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 Oh yeah. What? Oh yeah. What? No, but see, you're like, what? I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you're, you're supposed to sound incredulous. Incredulous. What the deuce? Oh yeah. That's the Kool-Aid man. Look, what don't you cool on either? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You see, you have this question though. <laughs> yeah, you keep going, oh yeah. Yeah, you're like, oh yeah. You're like, but see, <laughs> okay, you just sounded like Quagmire right there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I think that'll work. You got three of them there. Yeah. I need a, a relief. Woo! Give me a little bit flare on that one, too. Whew. See, there's the resignation I needed earlier on. <laughs> You're just like, woof. See, he's cocky, dude. He's going to put a red flare on it. But he's like, woof. Woof. That isn't funny. Isn't funny. That isn't funny. That isn't funny. <laughs> okay, that's now you're Timmy. Eat. Z-z-z-z-z.